Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. I think that's a great point to start. It's a great starting point for us, Courtney. Courtney's in for Sylvie today. Waddle and Sylvie here on ESPN 1000. It was an exasperated Adam Silver, was it not? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You did the thing that was done. Yes. That's The best part about this was just how I read on ESPN.com the headline this morning. NBA, hoping for effort, yes. instead gets 397-point All-Star game. Yeah. I had the over-under was like Were you angry? Were you angry? Like, at this point, I I will just tell you quickly. At my age, advanced age, I just don't sweat this stuff anymore. I just Mm -hmm. don't. Like, I don't rage against things unless somebody's raging at me about something. I'll rage back. Yeah. But, like, I I watched probably the first five minutes of it. And I'm not going to sit here and scream, but I'm just not interested. I I wouldn't say This is great TV. I wouldn't say I'm raging against it, but I'm done with it and I'm done seeing it, meaning I want it to go away. So Saturday I did watch Steph versus Sabrina. I caught up with a three-point contest after I got back from dinner and I enjoyed Rising Stars for what it was on Friday because we know Wemby's a star and it's cool to see that. It's cool to see some of the younger names too. I love the LED court. I'd love to see that come back. I loved when they did the NBA Jam fire three-point line. Did you see that? I did not. At any point, did you feel like you were going to have a seizure watching the LED court? No, and that was good. Okay. Um, yeah. I wanted it to be more Nickelodeon-like, though. You know, like they slimed people during the Super Bowl? Yes. Like, I enjoyed that. I thought that that was a fun element to the kids' broadcast, they call it. Yeah. I wanted to see that sort of thing, but it was neat to watch... It changed for the Steph versus Sabrina, the three-point contest, the dunk contest. I don't care about the dunk contest. I don't care about the All-Star game. I came up with the solution this morning Okay. after sitting on this thinking, all right, how the hell are they going to fix this? You don't need the All-Star game anymore. You no. don't care. Guys are so far That out. was not me. You didn't hit that button? I did not hit that button. That was not me. Okay, we're, we're you, you said just, you're going to learn a you know, skill today. We're just today? testing you. We're okay. testing you. We're just going to hit you with different sounds it's, in the middle yeah, it's of like thoughts when I hear, to see if you could stay on thought. Yeah, when I hear my producer in my ear be like, "Rap," yeah. and I've got like forty more points right. I hey, need to make. Yeah. Um, those are always fun conversations to have afterwards. But do away with the All Star Game. Give me All Star Saturday Night. Yeah, mixed with Rising Stars. Do like Rising the Rising Stars game. The Steph and Sabrina, the Battle of the Sexes thing, which I think is cool. I hope that that stays, and I hope that when Caitlin Clark gets into the league, right. that it becomes like Damian Lillard versus her or Steph, whoever it is. Well, and, then, and, and that makes sense as well because, like, look, there is an obvious tie between the NBA and the WNBA. Yes, They're and one. it's good cross-promotion. Yes. I enjoyed that. Do those two events and then a three-point contest. I don't need to see a dunk contest again. I think we're... Could I interest we, you in a dunk contest if it was actually guys six foot two and under? Like cool. small small dudes? Small guy dunk contest okay. is what I'm all about. I mean, but Matt McClung is basically that. The guy who won it is and, a small dude. And I got to tell you, like I, that was probably the most impressive thing I saw all weekend was what he did. I just... Grabbing the ball from Shaq and, and like almost hitting his head on the rim. Like, like, but I Jaime know he's a G League guy, but... did it too. Like, who did? Jaime Hawkins Jr., the guy from the Heat. Like using Shaq as a prop 
I mean, he's taller than Matt McClung. Well, that's the point. Like, like, I don't need to see Dwight Howard back in the day with a Superman dunk. He's 6'11". Like, I don't think you should be allowed to be in the dunk contest unless you're, like, below 6'1". How about that? Could but, I, I mean, Nate that? Robinson did that. Yes, and that right. was, you, so you enjoyed those years yes, when he won. Show me, show me guys that are actually doing like something impressive. I think what Jalen Brown said about it reflects the... The mindset of a lot of guys who don't enter it, why you saw Jalen Brown, the first all-star, I think, in six years do it. They don't want to become memes. They don't want to be get they don't want to get dunked on by the social media crew for Missing getting dunks. embarrassed out there. And Jalen Brown, like oh, you, there one, was the one he one missed, attempt. and then yeah. he jumped over the the streamer, the Twitch guy. What is his name? Kai I You're looking in the wrong Ta- direction. I need my for Gen Z info. consultant on that this. Would Tyler. Be Tyler, Tyler who's lie. Kai Sinat? I did not watch the dunk contest this weekend. Um, Tyler is old, young guy. Okay, he, like like chronologically, he's very young, but he sees life much right. in the way that someone my age okay. does. I can appreciate, and I appreciate that. that from from no, Tyler. Like as the, well. the, the, I've hit the the crossroads in my life now, where the influencers are yeah, starting to go 26. above my head. Yeah, twenty six. He's hit the crossroads. Well, apparently, this guy, I, and I want to get this right because I know I've said it wrong on every radio show I've been on. He's like a. a, a He's not a gamer. He's like a streamer. Whatever the hell that what means. What does that mean? But that's who Jalen Brown dunked over sitting in a chair, and that's not creative. No. Like, we've seen... Jalen Brown's also what? 6'7"? Six, 6'8"? Six, six, no, he's shorter than that. Shorter than 6'5"? Like six, six, five. Five. Okay. Yeah. But like, we've seen impressive. everything that can be done, so I don't know if there's anything left. Like, They're not going to bring the Kia back in for somebody to dunk over the way that Blake Griffin did. I mean, the two that Zach Levine won when he was with the Timberwolves. And, and maybe you know, Zach's last moment of brilliance. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm done with it. And I'm done with all All-Star games. You because sound annoyed. I am, but I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Because remember angst? Which is like, okay. No, what angst, did we say? Okay. I didn't wake up. I don't want to rage against this. Right. I have angst. I don't want to rage, though, because it doesn't deserve that much attention. Right. It's it just too much needs energy to, to go be angry. away. It just needs to go away, yeah. be, like all All-Star games. But it's not because it is such a financial windfall for the league. My guess is, and I'm speaking completely with no knowledge, is is that when you buy into the NBA as a sponsor or an advertiser, you probably get this really cool package. Hey, you've got, you know, table of 10 at the NBA All-Star Weekend, you know, festivities or, you know, it's a perk. It's probably sure. a perk that goes along with it. And there is some promotional benefit, I assume. It's just the game is it's I'm trying to explain or find a reason why. I don't think it's very hard to find a reason why it's not competitive. And I and I chose money because back in the day, Tyler, did you see what I mean? Like I you and I were talking about this, about what was the average salary in the NBA back in the late 80s, early 90s? Guys weren't making $60 million a year, and even based on time, mm-hmm. for that time, whatever $60 million in, in 1989 would have been, you know, and, and, and some people can't draw the connection between money and bragging rights. I can. I don't think bragging rights are important for somebody making $50 million a year. If you're playing this game and you're being rewarded handsomely, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, for being the best in the world at what you do, but it's not the same level of compensation then that it is now, then I can see why bragging rights were more important back then. While the East and the West, there was a great rivalry, and people tried very hard, and the effort was there. I think beyond that, and something I think you mentioned in Crosstalk as well, is that, listen, if I want to see a particular player, I can, right. I can see him at any time. You. You want to know what the salary cap was in 1985? Do they have one? You're going to laugh when you hear it. $5 million. Less. 
four and a half. 3.6. League-wide? League-wide salary cap was $3.6 million, and the average player's salary was $300,000. And how much is that worth in modern times? Uh, significantly more, but it ain't $50 million. It's not $20 million. It's not twenty. Whatever it is. And I uh, listen, I think you can draw a line between interest in, in, in economics in, in pretty much every case. The whole idea of an incentive, though. Remember they changed it a couple of years ago, the Elam ending for the fourth quarter of yeah. the All-Star game to try to get it like to guys to actually play defense? That obviously didn't work. The in-season tournament, I actually watched that, and that was in the middle of NFL season, so I'm typically in my Bears bubble and everything else. Right. I paid attention to that when the Pacers were playing the Lakers because this Pacers team was fun. Like, I'm not... I don't have league pass, so I'm not watching Tyrese Halliburton every single night. But when I got a chance to see that young group on that stage cut through the East, cut through their pool group, because obviously I don't think the Bulls knew the rules and knew the format of it. They don't. Um, So I had had a vested interest in it then. There's a million dollars per player on the line in the in-season tournament. Let's put the focus there. And if you want to move the in-season tournament to the midway point of the year, that's the All-Star game. Yeah, Go ahead and move that to February. And the teams that are competing for that, they're playing. And then the teams that aren't, like, everybody's on vacation. Like, so- I was surprised, I honestly. No with that. I was surprised to see the level of interest that existed in the in-season tournament. It's new. I mean, it's gimmicky I to mean, a degree uh, early on. The Anthony Davis and, and LeBron, I mean, everyone was playing with a lot of enthusiasm. They were playing with energy. And- yeah, it's a million dollars on the line. I mean, not, not for Anthony Davis or LeBron that that right. matters, but for... You know, yes. ninth guy on the bench. And you're I think playing that, for them. I think there is some motivation attached to like what did the winners of last night's game get? A hundred thousand? Like and not so to, to belittle that, but But like when, for them, that's yes. a drop in the bucket Absolutely. guaranteed salaries. I just I don't need it anymore. I don't need the Pro Bowl anymore. Yeah. The NHL All Star game, I didn't enjoy it. The skills competition is is if you want to have something to celebrate the halfway point of the year, skills competition's fine. But you don't need an actual game attached with it. I mean, even how many years ago did baseball do away with the home field advantage in the, uh, you know, the July All-Star game? That was a while ago. It's been a while. Like, I think it's kind of lost And I thought that was stupid at the time. I thought it was dumb. Like, the the home field advantage is based on the performance of an All-Star game where I don't know who's really caring about it and who isn't. But at least that had some sort of, I mean, that was a pretty big incentive. Yeah. I mean, I like the home run derby. I will watch that, but I don't need the game itself. Yeah. And I think for players, I mean, Adam Silver, his Saturday night press conference that he does before, you know, the All-Star Saturday night, I learned nothing. He said nothing. I was expecting at least something about the 65-game minimum for the those awards right. that are tied in with your salary. He, he had no answer for anything. He was hoping That's, for better effort, though. Seemed like he was a little let down when he saw ultimately what he got yeah it's interesting i think that the nba we've talked about this previously as well i think the nba has got a bit of a problem right now like we talked about this two weeks ago where there was a night i think bradley beal went back to washington and dropped 40 on his old team and i think steph i think steph had 60 in a game and it really there was no the scoring there was no reaction well it's the same week that when Embiid was playing I think he had 70, then Luca, or he had 68, Luca had 70. It was in back-to-back nights, and yeah, it's cool in theory, but that's yeah. a big problem if the offensive explosion in your league is happening that frequently. 
Meller's got a theory. Meller's got a theory about why guys are scoring high numbers more frequently. Well, I yeah, and uh, I think this is this what you just said, Courtney, perfectly encapsulates. You said Embiid went for sixty eight. He went for seventy. Remember, like that's the thing is like they're hitting these these what should be milestones that at one point would nobody would forget. I, I think most people, when you say it, at least back in the day, Kobe went for was it eighty one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that stands out. The truth is, he also did it on a torn Achilles too, right? Yeah, wasn't that right. that game? Was it that game? I, I know he shot free throws with a torn Achilles, but I don't. It wasn't. It, but the point I is, like, was that. the milestones yeah. mattered to a certain degree. Now, though, scoring is so easy, and it's done to the point. I think part of the reason is the proliferation of three-point shooting, mm-hmm. really changing the spacing. Now, everybody on the court, for the most part, is expected to be able to hit an open three-pointer, right? And not just hit an open three-pointer, but now you can extend your range to somewhere around the logo, for the most part, the good sh- shooters can. And because of that... As you can tell, Meller's a big, big into analytics, too. The, so. d- defensively, though, it's easier to get points in the paint because as a defense, you need to spread out, but everybody can also hit threes at almost a 40% clip. So scoring is easier it's more prevalent in the league and because of that it's not as interesting when a person goes for 70 because they're not they're not doing it with the resistance defensively that they once were it's interesting because that resistance i think we all agree will exist in the postseason or it will exist as you near the postseason play because at that point things are much more important and i'm i'm with yurko on this i know that carm kind of disagreed that like regular season basketball like i mean some teams do have exciting regular seasons i covered the warriors when they went 73 and 9 in six the 15 16 season so they're really pursuing something yeah like you've got a record on the line and i don't know like it just april through june is a different animal than the rest of the season and and you know, we're, we're coming to a head here in the NBA. Well, where that's this what I'm is saying. This is a becoming... new phenomenon because I, I, or at least it is for me. I used to be somebody that would watch late night West Coast basketball mm-hmm. all the time. And I will still watch pretty much all of the postseason, but I'm really not interested. And maybe it's just the allure of football throughout. But like, I still don't have, a, maybe it's the Bulls just not caring. But I, I think that, I think us not having. A team that we can have a rooting interest in, a consistent yeah, one. My Bulls are back days. I think it stretched from like November 28th through December 19th. Like I'm over. Yeah. I'm over with that. So I don't have anything. You were to, grasping at that. Yeah, I was, too. I was holding on yeah. to something and yeah. now I don't have a vested rooting interest in any team. So it takes me out of that daily, nightly NBA action. I'm watching my team. I'm excited about, you know, I'm actually caring about the results. Yeah. But. The, the problem that you have now, it's like, all right, second half of the season's coming up. What, what do we care about? What storylines do we care about? Like, Milwaukee kind of stinks right now. Yeah. Doc Rivers getting hired and Adrian Griffin getting fired did nothing. Um, Boston's good. The Clippers are good. The Oklahoma City Thunder are good. Like, But, like, that's not... That's not enough to make you want to watch no. it every single night. And that's the problem right now, unless you have a reason to be watching. It's not like the product has gotten any better. No. C- considering the offense explo- exp- offensive explosion. But also, like, the lack of giving a crap over the last couple of days from yeah. what you saw in the All-Star game. I just, that has a negative, of, like, that really does have a negative effect, I think, on the rest of the league. Because what are we talking about today? How bad your product right, was. Right, right. There's, not, there's nothing glowing outside no, of no. All-Star Saturday night. We're talking about the dunk contest stinks. The game itself is awful. Damian Lillard wins the three-point competition. Like, okay, he did that again last and year. MVP. And 
Yeah, like, that, I mean, if you talk about a script, man, that should have gone to Tyrese Halliburton. True. Hometown guy. Playing in Indianapolis. In your, yeah. Playing in your stadium. Listen, I get, and, and, and my buzz is gone as well because the Bulls really don't. I mean, I mean they can argue all they want about being competitive. I, I, I wrote this down. This team... December 21st, after beating the Spurs, they were 13 and 17. They were seven, 13 and 17. They were four games under 500. 25 games later, three under 500 at 26 and 29, ninth mm-hmm. in the East. So you can, I mean, you can sell me all you want that, that they've been more, a more productive or a more competitive team over the course of the last month and a half or two months, but really these the stats don't tell you that. So I got no Bulls buzz at all. Let me see if I can actually do this. I'm not sure in 16 years I've ever hit a button okay. to bring a caller on, but Joey G's in Melrose Park and I think has a similar thought about the All-Star game as well. Joey? Hey, how are you? Wow, how about that? You, I did it You did learned it successfully. something today. Tyler. Learned a new really? skill. Yes. What, what happened? Nothing. We brought, brought. I was able to bring you on the air without screwing it up, Joey, Joey G. You are the oh, first oh, oh. call that Tom Waddle has ever, ever brought in. <laughs> yeah, been doing this radio. now for twenty five. Well, thank you very much. I'm very proud. You should be. I'm proud uh, too that I, I didn't screw I, it up. I, I wanted to call first of all to talk to Courtney Cronin is like trying to talk to the president. I just I, want to I, acknowledge I you on your outstanding work. And around the horn, I love the way you analyze. We were very fortunate, Joey, that she made time for us today. What? I said we're very lucky that with her busy schedule, she was able to make time for us today. It's a federal holiday. We should all be taking off. Going to the All-Star Game Pass. it's, It's annoying. It's nothing but like Hollywood now. To make it interesting, let's crisscross... These top-rated women with the top-rated men in an all-star game. Or it's not that physical, but play basketball. Maybe that's more interesting. So you're saying Tommy, like a WNBA you, the, the, crossover with... Are, are we integrating the, the teams or we're not going NBA versus WNBA? Well, they, the WNBA season hasn't started yet, right? right? Like I, have, I don't think it starts till May. So, like, you'd be getting people out of, like, it's not, they're not in season. So right. I think just, like, logistically, that might be difficult. It's a good thought, Joey, but I don't think we're going to make this work. Well, I gave it a try. You I did, mean, you know. A for effort, You've Joey. You've got more but... solutions than Adam Silver. Yeah, that's true. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Cronin. Anything else, Joey? You got any football thoughts for us? Football? Yeah. Sure. J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy, quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines. Now, here's my theory. Okay. He won a national championship. Yeah. Knows how to move the chains. Yes. And was coached by the best quarterback coach in his college career. I'm partial to Jim Harbaugh as well. Yeah, so uh, I'm not everybody's yippee kaye on this. Uh, Caleb, whatever they call him, he's not for me. It's going to cause a distraction, him coming here. Why? Why is it going to be a distraction? Why is it going to be a distraction, Joey? Because it's going to be too... He's going to be like the power of Chicago without doing anything yet. Well, so would would J.J. McCarthy if you drafted him first overall. 
Okay, I'm, I'm giving you my opinion, Tommy. Okay. And, uh, all right, you Joey. Put, we're just talking, Joey. We're, we're just talking, <laughs> Joey. That's all. We're just talking. <laughs> okay, I'm having fun with you. All right. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for the Tommy, call, Joey. Always a pleasure. Yes. And Courtney, keep up the great work. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate Be it. Be well, Joey. That's Joey G. I did that successfully, right? Then you what do I do? Do you hang up on him? How do I hang up on him? Well, no, you, you locked him in, else. I think. Oh. Yeah, we, now it, we've got Joey G the rest of the show. There should be a button that says drop on there, Waddle. Where's Joey it say G, drop? Where's it say drop? Doesn't that say drop on there? I'll hit it here. Let's get it. I don't there, see anything that says drop. He's gone. I dropped it. Don't worry. Oh, there's a big X down here. It's drop. It's like really, it's in really small letters. We are going to talk football coming up. How about that? We're going to have Rick Spielman. Uh, formerly the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, join us at 4 o'clock. But I want to get all of your thoughts about what is ahead for this Bears team. Obviously, they're the focus of pretty much everything at the moment. The The combine starts in, what, a week? One week from tomorrow will be all of the... That's when the, like the first players report Monday, Sunday, Monday, but Tuesday's when it kicks off. So, like, this is the last quiet week, Yes, which... I'm I'm okay with I'm okay yeah. with like having a little bit of quiet time, but I understand you do this show four hours a day, five yes. days a week. It's, so we're gonna you you need some action, yeah. but like this is the last bit of it. So if you're on vacation, now's a good time to be on vacation because it starts ramping up. I think polls is next Tuesday, and the fall Eberflus too. So Jalen Johnson, all yes. those topics, a lot of decisions, quarterbacks, yes. the whole thing. Well, you, you can trigger people as well by saying the following words, Justin. Caleb, trade, draft. We'll see if we can get some response from people as we delve deep into what you think the Bears should do and what's most likely. We'll get to that. Courtney's in for Sylvie today. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Courtney Cronin's in for Sylvie today. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, so it's only natural that we have a nice long conversation about your favorite football team here in town, the Chicago Bears, with a lot on the plate for all of us. Um, Priorities. Yep. Um... You, you have to also decide what you're going to do with your quarterback, right? So what are we going to pursue in free agency? Uh, so at this particular moment, before the uh, combine begins in, what, a week? Is it a week from today? Yeah, Tuesday, pretty much. Where are you at as you wrap your brain about where Ryan Poles is at and where this franchise is at at the moment? Where I'm at is, like, thinking of this logically, not trying to have any sort of emotion tied to any... Like, you know, one specific player, one specific dream, idea. I try to stick to it based on what I'm hearing and people I talk to around the league of what they believe the Bears are going to do. And at this point, we have not heard from Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Kevin Warren publicly, outside of Kevin Warren's. Um, he did a couple interviews with, I know, the Jarrett Payton one. He sat down with CBS. Like, he talked at the Super Bowl, but. And there was a lot in that Jared Payne interview. It was fantastic. It was a great interview. It was. There was was a ton to go through from the stadium. I mean, the stadium portion of that interview took up 10 minutes. Yeah. I watched all 19, 20 minutes of the interview, and I thought it was terrifically done to get 
actual information. It may yes. not sound like it's something concrete, but you can do a lot of reading between the lines I there. Still, but I still don't know where the stadium's going. I was sold on Arlington Heights, and then they convinced me that it was going to be down here. I have a and gut feeling it's going to be in Chicago. I just keep getting well, I this I think he weird, wants it to be here. He always like, talks about how beautiful it is on the lakefront, but it may be yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf beat him to the punch with regard to I mean, Public yeah, funding. today might have thrown the curveball in all of that with uh, them asking for one billion. Why not? With the B. I'll take a billion. Ask for two billion. Yeah, like, right. I mean, if you're going to be have that much audacity to ask for a taxpayer-funded stadium in this corrupt state, yeah. why not shoot for the moon? Get, get an extra billion Absolutely. dollars for yourself. Why not? How'd that streaming thing work out for him when he was like all like on his soapbox about it last year? Did he make his money off that? I don't know. Did he? So let's go 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 recoup the assets yes. with like the state of Illinois. Absolutely, would it be the first person who have stolen money from the state? Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like I, I think right now where the Bears are is they are still in that collection of information phase. Like the first time they're going to have, the first time they will have had to sit down with. Drake May with J.J. McCarthy with all of the quarterbacks. So most of the Caleb film Williams. work's done, right? When you F- think film a lot of film work's been done, it's they, been put away for a while. They should be done with draft meetings by today. I know around the league, a lot of people have today off because yeah. they've concluded draft meetings the you know the first two and a half weeks of February. So the initial board should be set to go down to Indianapolis. Now you get to meet with these guys face to face because. For so long, I think people have already thought, like, oh, they've done their research on Caleb Williams. Well, they haven't talked to him yet. Like, right. they've The combine is where you get to do that, where you have a chance, all 32 teams, to talk with all of the prospects. And there's 300 of them that get invited through, uh, I, it always, I always forget the name of the, it's like Scouts Inc., more or less. Like, there's a group that puts on the combine. It's right. not, you know, the, in conjunction with the NFL. They get a chance to talk to all those guys. They will have their opportunity to sit down face-to-face with Caleb Williams and find out, are you the guy? Like we, may, The tape may tell us you're the guy. Yeah. The thought of what this team and the cap planning that they do may tell you he's the guy. But if they're still thinking, we still want to field offers for the number one overall pick, because polls has not said one way or the other, like, we're open for business or we're closed for business. It was more towards, hey, call me. Let me know what you, what you right. have like to offer. This is their chance to button those things up. But I do think if you're looking at how the conversation has shifted in recent weeks, it feels like more people are going, leaning in the direction of how can you possibly pass up taking a quarterback with the number one. Why do you think that is? Because I interpret it the same exact way. The further we drift away from the season, the more consensus you hear building. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt that away from Chicago because everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people have a vested interest. Uh, There's an emotion that's attached to the situation. There's less emotion. So it seems like there has been larger consensus away from Chicago from the very beginning. But certainly now that consensus feels like it's building or the popularity for them using that first overall selection on a quarterback is building. I think a lot of it starts with the draft analysts. So yeah. the Mel Kuypers, Field Yates, Daniel Jeremiah. Like I don't know if you're going to find a mock draft from a reliable source. Remember, like, and I know people are going to say, well, Mel gets a lot of things wrong. Mel's, you know, his batting average is whatever. I think they all had Mitch like, ahead of everybody several years and, ago. And, and that's that's a fair part to yeah, bring into the is. conversation, but he's connected. Let's not forget, like, yeah. he's not just basing this off of his own scouting evaluation. He's talking to scouts. He's talking to front offices. He's gather- He's making 
these mock drafts based on what he believes teams are going to do. All of them are. And you're not going to find one that has number one going to anybody other than the Bears just because of how draft, how valuable that draft currency is. And the strategic timing of that NFL.com report the day of the Super Bowl that came out that said it would take, quote, crazy compensation. And that apparently was a quote attributed to somebody in Hallis Hall, inside Hallis Hall. Like, it, it just all of those things, those crumbs that we're following right now feel like how can they possibly do anything other than that? Because that's what it feels like the path that we're going down. Could it be a smokescreen? If you want to play devil's advocate, sure, it could. But I don't I don't see it that way. I really don't. And the more time we've had to di- to di- digest the quarterbacks in the playoffs, yeah. what Jordan Love did with the Green Bay Packers going down and beating the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys, what Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions did in getting to the NFC Championship, like you're no closer to them right now in your own division. Right. So the more we've had a chance to digest playoff football and throwing C.J. Stroud into the mix too and seeing you know what that team did to beat Cleveland and then, you know, a respectable exit, I would say, going to you know play a team like the Ravens on the road and losing there. And then you factor it's- in, I think you factor in some of the other stuff. And I've said uh, from the very beginning, the determining factor for me isn't resetting the clock. I understand that part of the, the discussion. I understand that element. To me, it's about a concise decision and a very large conviction that you may have that somebody that you select can take you somewhere that the person who's currently currently playing the position can't take you. So my decision would be made on my comfort with picking somebody, not necessarily just turning the clock back with regard to the salary. Uh, So I've always felt that as long as Ryan Poles is comfortable or confident that one of these guys, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever it is, gives him a better chance of getting to where he wants to go, then that's how he should pursue this. I thought about this the other day, the day that they released White Hair and Eddie Jackson. And, like, you know, you have to go back to 2018 when Eddie got all pro and thinking about what that defense was, how they won the NFC North that year, but what the construction of the team looked like. They've had some really good to great teams that have been held back by quarterback play. Right. If you can change that and not holding out hope that another weapon, another piece, another offensive lineman can can take this team to where it needs to go. Like build your team the rest of the way. This free agent group, that's what people should be getting excited about. There's a legitimate free agent wide receiver class this year, unlike the previous years. And yes, doesn't sound like Mike Evans and Tampa Bay as of today. I think there was some trigger in the contract. They're not gonna extend him right now. Could they tag him? Sure. But that's a name to be looking for. T. Higgins is a name that might not hit the open. That There's may some or may pass not hit rushers the open. as well that are yeah. available. Like this is an exciting time to build your roster with nearly sixty million dollars in cap space and not being like in, not being worried about having to eventually pay a quarterback right now. You can have Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever the hell it is, on a rookie contract while you're spending big bucks elsewhere to build the team, and and that's the incentive you have for making that decision. And like I said this on SportsCenter earlier, a lot of, and I know people tell me I'm wrong that it's not a 50-50 split. Well, like, I see what the calling, what the caller log looks like when yeah. I'm hosting here. I see and hear all of this. I don't care if you have a poll that you set up on Facebook and it tells you 75% fields, 25% Well, most of the people that are going to vote on your poll are going to see life pretty much in the yes. manner in which you do. So whatever poll you 
set up, the majority of the people are going to vote for something that you would vote for yourself. Exactly. That's the way it works. The the opportunity cost, if we're like making this an economics thing, it's too great to pass up. And it may not be anything that Justin did wrong. Right. He in any other year he's staying the quarterback of this team. If they have the ninth overall pick, they're picking up the option. Like they they've seen enough, at least at this point, to know that they can they can make a twenty three ish million dollar uh, commitment for him for 2024. Now, of course, we'd be thinking about beyond that, paying him maybe $50 million a year, Daniel Jones sort of contract, whatever it is. Any other year, they're sticking with him. This year, it may not be anything that he did wrong. Sure. Or what's missing or whatever else it is. It's just that the opportunity cost to not p- move him and not get another quarterback is too great. Like, that's just... That's just basic economics as it pertains to how they have to go through the science of this decision and how they structure their decision. I I shudder at the thought as well, the the comment that, well, you you need to trade this pick to to bring a haul of of draft picks back and return. It's the only way to build your team. They're a seven-win team. Now, I think they're, you know, they still got a long ways to go because some of those seven wins weren't exactly the most impressive wins I've seen. So I'm one that that really likes the direction they're heading. And I think Ryan Poles has done some really nice stuff. But I think that there's still a lot of room that has a lot of room to grow and a lot that has to be done. But even if you use this first overall selection, you still have a ton of currency. You Mm -hmm. have the ninth pick. You have other draft picks. You've got the third or fourth most cap space available to you. So even if you use the first pick on one of these quarterbacks, you're still going to be able to continue to build your roster. And I think there are people that that believe that. that you can't do that. If you use, if you don't trade this pick, you're not going to be able to build your team. Well, I think that's nonsense. Well, the idea that you need to, I mean, and Ryan Poles is a lifeblood of your team is the draft, and that's his philosophy. He's a, he was a, he's a college scout at heart. Yeah. That was how he came up through the Kansas City Chiefs organization. That's fine if they want to do it that way. Somebody we're going to talk to, Rick Spielman, was a college, the college part of the organization is the lifeblood. That's that's a fine way to build your team. How did they get to become a seven-win team? Because they traded for a pass rusher who was at you know entering the prime of his career at the deadline. Because they got DJ Moore, who had already been a productive receiver somewhere else. Because they got Tremaine Edmonds, they got DJ Edwards. Because they got players who were already doing this somewhere else. They they did a good job in yeah. terms of trades and free agency last year to help this team get to where it is. And I'm not saying that you can't have draft picks. You know, participate and contribute right away. They certainly did that with Tyreek Stevenson. Darnell Wright was a terrific pick for them. But that's not the idea that like trading the number one pick and like build it, you know, building it through the draft, like missing out on all the other ways that you could still continue to build your team in free agency. That's just, it's just, that's just like, that's, you can have the best of both worlds in that respect by using. The best draft capital in all of sports, number one pick, top of the draft board of an entire NFL draft class, and spending money in free agency to get the roster better. Yeah. So if you had to place a, a large wager in Vegas as to what you believe Ryan Poles will do, it would be draft a quarterback first. Over. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I felt that way for a while. I, I, it takes, again, nothing away from Justin, but that is just right. how from... The consensus of people I speak to around the league, that's the consensus I walk away with. Uh, As we said, I think that the the video portion of this or the evaluation of the tape is already done. But Mm -hmm. now they're going to sit down and meet with all of these guys and get to know them as individuals. Bill's in Elk Grove Village, and he has a question as as to who actually gets to talk with, with Caleb. Bill, what's happening? Yeah, hi, Tom. How are you? Good. Say hi to Courtney. 
Hi, Courtney. And just a real quick uh, uh, comment about Courtney. A, uh, uh, a radio station down the dial about three weeks ago wished they had you. So that's a little kudos out to you. Thanks, Bill. Well, nobody's gotten her. We, we she, She's one of our teammates. <laughs> they franchised her. Yes, that's right. <laughs> hey, real quick, Tom. Um, don't you think that with free agency coming uh, fairly quickly, if the Bears do go out and get a veteran quarterback, doesn't that tell you that, hey, we're going to get a court, uh, Caleb Williams or whomever and probably going to uh, trade Justin because – these veteran quarterbacks, whether it's Flacco or one of these other guys, they're going to be gone fairly quickly, wouldn't you say? I don't know if that's the first move that they would make. I, I think you can always pick up a veteran quarterback at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that, I mean, listen, we've, I've talked about there's three doors to walk through. One is, is, is you use the first overall selection on a quarterback. Door number two is, is that you keep Justin, you trade the pick, and you move forward with Justin. Door number three is to use the first pick on a quarterback and keep Justin. That's not going to happen as far as I'm concerned. Door number three to me is really not an option. I do believe if, in fact, they use the first pick of the draft on Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever it is, which I think is what they're going to do, that maybe there is a veteran quarterback on the horizon that they would sign. I, I don't think that would be one of the first moves they make. No. But I could be proven wrong. Um, and I I think that Brian Poles has seen that up close, like how beneficial that can be. Now, if like, if they draft Caleb Williams, is he starting in the fall? I would, I would probably be willing to wager on that happening. But... What at what the situation that Patrick Mahomes came into in 2017 when he was drafted by the Chiefs, he was a raw product. He had a lot of wild throws coming out of Texas Tech where they felt he needed to sit behind Alex Smith. I could see a situation like that where at least you have a viable backup, but not a backup who's who's threatening you for your job the way that you know this last thing played out uh, in 2021. Yeah, thanks for the call, Bill. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to go through the list of potential trade partners okay. that the Bears may have for Justin Fields. Meller and, and Tyler and I had a conversation over the course of this week and about whether or not there are as many destinations for him as maybe initially thought. We'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. Courtney's in for Sylvie. We're talking Bears football. It's ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Bears conversation coming your way. Courtney's in for Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie at 4 o'clock. We'll talk to Rick Spielman, former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He's been a huge fan of Caleb Williams, but I've also seen some video where he was also very, uh, very uh, complimentary of Justin Fields, especially towards the uh, the end of the season. So it'll be he, interesting to see what his take is. He's done a lot of work is. on, I think, this year. I've seen a lot of his stuff with like this year's quarterback draft class because he's all over the place. Yeah. He was 33rd team. Um, he's been on a bunch of podcasts. He's been busy. He has. Like life he after, has Yeah, life after the Minnesota Vikings for him. He's established kind of a you know pretty consistent media career. And he was part of that Washington 
uh, advisory committee yes. for the general manager and the head coach. That's did not me either. Button? I did not. I'm not touching anything over here. I think Meller's just trying to make me look <laughs> look horrible. I think that he. I think it's just. I think somebody's coming after me. I think you have it in for me in there, Meller. No, no, it's nothing with you, my friend. It's uh, something on our end here, back here, that I'm trying to navigate through. So okay, like so. Before we talk to Rick at the top of the hour, we've had this conversation a bunch. If the Bears do pivot and trade Justin, who would be interested and what do you believe he would fetch in return in a trade? So I have a story coming out. What is the 21st? That's Wednesday. Um, Myself and Field Yates went through a bunch of trade scenarios. By the way, Field Yates, the nicest person on the face of the the planet. The best, like human dopamine. Not only Um, is he a fabulous, fabulous at what he does, just the friendliest human being I've ever met. And very, like, I mean, he was, he worked with the Patriots. So, like, he's got it on both sides that established, like, an incredible media career, but also has seen how this stuff works. And again, when we're talking about connecting the dots here in the offseason, when we get from January to April, his draft order changed. The other day, when I saw his mock draft, it went Caleb Williams to Chicago. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels to Washington, and then Drake May. So you you have to ask yourself, huh, is it just because he likes them? No, that's not the entire reason. Like, that's what you're hearing around the league. And um, But he he and I did this exercise on teams that would trade, like what the offers would look like for the number one overall pick, what an offer would look like for Justin Fields. Three teams for each. And... I've had a hard time, like in both of us, we've gone through this like this exercise. Like the Raiders were one of those teams that we went through about like what would they give up for Justin Fields? I don't think that's an I think it's a non starter. I now. think Luke Getzi, as their offensive coordinator, has a lot of respect for Justin, but probably also would tell you their inability to work well together was the reason why he's in Las Vegas now, not in Chicago. And I don't think that the Raiders view Getzi as the you don't you don't get multiple interviews, you don't get a job that quickly in the same role with a different team if they view you as the problem in Chicago. And that's their evaluation. We'll see if that works out, if he's able to get, I don't know if they're going to stick with Aiden. They're in a weird spot. They're at 12, I want to say, 11 or 12. Um, Not a great place to be if you need a quarterback. They're releasing Garoppolo. He should get his money back, by the way, for the PEDs. Like, isn't that supposed to enhance your performance? I think so. That's a good I I don't think that worked. Carmen DeFalco and I believe he was just taking handsome pills. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, you know, obviously he didn't Wait. need them. So, like, yeah, there's only a certain amount of handsomeness that you're allowed to possess. And he was taking something to make him even more handsome than normal. Believe- I would actually, I would, I would believe right. that. Yeah. Handsome so, pills. Handsome pills. Can I get those at Walgreens? He got busted for that. No, 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 no. These are very expensive. Um, I don't know where you get them, obviously. Do you know where you get them back there, guys? I don't know. If we somebody Obviously, take out. a look back here. Yeah, Clearly, we were exactly. overdosing yes. on the handsome pills. <laughs> um. But, you know, Aiden O'Connell's their quarterback right yeah. now. Where else can they go? I think they're going to upgrade, but I just don't know that it's going to. I don't either. And then, then of course, you go to Pittsburgh because of the intel that was dropped by Adam Schefter on the McAfee show last week where he's talking about the quarterbacks who might be on the move. Russell Mike Wilson. Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. There you go. Right there. Like, did he have to say that? No, probably not, because he wasn't even talking about Fields. If you watch that clip up until that point, it was about Russell Wilson at first. And then all of a sudden, Justin Fields. Oh, but by the way, Mike Tomlin is a fan of Justin Fields. I'm trying to like teach people how to do these dot connecting exercises right. because that's like the intel you get from that is how you drop nuggets. And then you can start to see how the conversation shifts, how the trade 
conversation, like about the teams that might be interested in Fields. But then today, well, then I got on Saturday night. I sent the guys yeah. a text that I was uh, got from. I mean, I was watching Pro Football Talk. I saw them on 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 X send out the message. The Steelers have a parent internal division as to whether Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph should be the starting quarterback for 2024. Either way, they reportedly aren't interested in acquiring a veteran starter at that position. That's from Pro Football Talk. So, I don't know if that's posturing or that's truly how they feel. But it's starting to get a little murkier as far as I'm concerned with regard to what the potential market would be for Justin via a trade. And then the only other team is Atlanta. That's three teams right there. And if you're the Bears, can you command higher than what? Like a second round pick? I know that Schefter came on with you and Sylvie and, and mentioned that he thought, oh, for sure you can get a first for Justin Fields. But if you have so few teams that are realistically interested in trading for him, aren't they going to call the Bears bluff and try to like hold their feet to the fire to either lower the price or just like ma- not make a move until the Bears have to are forced to make a move one way or the other? Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. We'll get back to it as well on our own because I know Meller and Tyler also have some pretty strong thoughts on that. But we'll get Rick Spielman's thoughts on this. Rick was a GM in this league for quite some time most recently. With the Minnesota Vikings, he's been very adamant about the the play of, of Caleb Williams. He's been a fan. He's also been a fan of, of Justin Fields, so we'll get his take on what he thinks the Bears should or will do. That's next. Rick, Rick Spielman joins us. Uh, Courtney's in for Sylvia. It's Waddle and Sylvia on ESPN 1000.